0: ready yeah okay call it this is echo 2 calling in a fire mission good morning everyone useless fodder here with uh grim bdg grim blue diamond gaming Active uh, U.S. Army soldier and real life G.I. Joe. Uh, welcome to Check Your Six podcast, which is uh, all about you know your hardcore first person shooters and uh, tactical games, realistic games, whatever you want to call it. Thank you so much for those bits. Say last kill and Axagors. Thanks for that resub, man. Uh, so, this morning, um, we're going to be doing this uh, sort of interview live, so I thought it would be kind of uh, fun for everyone to to get to hear what um, Grim has to say and maybe lob some questions his way. So, good morning, Grim. How's it going?
1: Good morning. It's going pretty well right now.
0: How how early did that morning come for you?
1: Mm, it came fast, but I got my coffee, so we're good.
0: I'm literally doing the same thing right now, so... <laughs> uh. Yeah, why don't, you, uh, why don't you just give a little intro for maybe anyone who doesn't uh, know who you are?
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm Grim. I just go by Grim, but my Twitch would be BDG Grim, which the BDG stands for Blue Diamond Gaming, which is a little bit of a group that me and my friends made up back home. Um, I've been in the Army now for about five years and serving in the 75th Ranger Regiment and 3rd Ranger Battalion as an infantryman and been a gamer my entire life of love video games um it's honestly drawn me closer to the military just in the interest and all of the tactical games there are and yeah here i am now
0: awesome so what um what made you want to go uh into the army um and you know past that, what made you want to kind of take that extra step and and I mean really go for the gusto and uh join the Rangers?
1: Um so (laughs) I kinda had phases. When I was when I was younger, when I first started getting really interested in the military, um I remember telling my mom when I was in middle school, I was like, Mom, I'm gonna join the Marine Corps and she kind of laughed that off. And I like honestly when I was trying to figure out what I was gonna do in the military, I would look up on YouTube and at that time, which was like Early two thousands, when I was looking at it, everything on YouTube was uh, the Marine Corps doing stuff in Afghanistan, and I was like, "Ooh, that's really cool," and I, and I I thought that was really sweet. So I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be a Marine." And by the time I finished high school, I think I was about a year from graduating high school. Um, I went to the recruiters for the Marines, and basically, by the end of that, I kind of I don't know I wasn't. Entirely feeling Marine Corps, and on top of that, my parents were like, "You know what? We'd really like you to get some college in first before you go to the Army, or not the Army, the Marine Corps." And I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." So I go, and I actually go to—I went to law enforcement, uh, small community college up from my home state in Minnesota, called Alexandria Technical Community College. I uh, went there for two years, got an associate's in law enforcement, and during that time, um, I've had a Navy SEAL phase whereas like for the past two years of being in those college or in that college I was like I'm gonna be a SEAL and I started training really hard for it um, I would be I would go swimming at the local pool there I would go I would run I would do everything I would ha- I could just because I think during that time it was like uh, I think they had lone survivor that came out that time they had a bunch of different uh, SEAL movies and books that I've read i was all about it i was i had a huge seal phase and then right before i graduated college um kind of reality started hitting for me because i was like you know i'm not really that good at swimming and (laughs) yeah and uh i kind of just uh had a moment with myself i was like you know what seals are great but then i that's when i actually started looking up and and i learned about uh the 75th Ranger Regiment through other podcasts and stuff from some of the guys one of them was inside the team room and I watched their thing on a bunch of the rangers and I was like and after learning more about them I was like well, <laughs> they they do basically what the seals do just minus a little bit of the water stuff and I was like hmm that seems like a better fit for me so that's kind of like how I chose to try and go to the, to go into the army and get a uh, what's called an option 40 contract to get to the regiment
0: well that's awesome um so what did your what did your parents think when uh, you, you had said for so long I'm going to go Marine Corps I'm going to go Marine Corps and then you're like I'm going to go SEAL and then you're like I'm going to go army were they were they supportive or um at,
1: it's funny when I when I first told my mom that I was going to go in the Marine Corps when I was like and this was when I was like young um she just kind of laughed it off thought it was she's like yeah okay whatever you'll change it, you'll change your mind later And I mean, she was right. I did end up changing my mind, but I didn't end up changing my mind about going to the military. I just ended up (laughs) changing my branch. So uh, as I slowly got closer to like graduating high school, they started taking it more seriously and stuff and they support it. They absolutely support it. Um, But, you know, I mean, a mother can support as much as as a mother could just because she doesn't want her baby boy to go and leave her for a while. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I think I think almost anyone who's been in the military has had that experience, unless they have a strong, uh, like, unless their like mom was in the military. Was uh, any of your family in the military? Do you have strong ties to the military?
1: Uh, yeah, my, um, my, I guess my what drew, drew my attention to the military the most. My uh, grandfather, he uh, he served in the army. He served during uh, the Korean War. Um, he was a first lieutenant in an artillery unit. Um, and luckily he didn't have to go to korea um i think just mainly because they needed him to help train guys to go to korea Mm -hmm. um but he told me all the stories of his army days which then sparked my interest and then i knew my uncle um he also was in the army for about two three years and he was a green beret in uh 10th special forces group so that's when uh that just hearing those stories from those two and um looking up things myself and always having an interest in uh world war ii and seeing saving private ryan saving private ryan's probably got to be my absolute favorite movie Mm -hmm. and i just think it's kind of funny that i uh i didn't realize those guys were rangers at the time or playing rangers in the movie and i was like huh now here i am i thought it was kind of funny
0: yeah it's kind of funny like that that history of of where the rangers came from and like their mission hasn't necessarily it's changed a bit or whatever maybe just the rest of the military has kind of changed around it you know but that like genesis of sort of those you know specific training for a really special very important mission kind of happening happening way back when almost you know what 70 odd years ago now Mm -hmm. um so uh you went into the army you said that you had the option 40 contract right so that's the that's the yep. one where yeah you ha- you have a guaranteed shot at ranger school it doesn't mean you have a guaranteed to be a ranger right it just basically so, means that you get a shot at it
1: yep so basically when you get an option 40 contract it hit you have a guaranteed shot at rasp which stands mm-hmm. for uh ranger assessment and selection program um you don't get a guarantee well you do kind of get a guaranteed shot at ranger school once you get to regiment but um it's kind of like a, uh, a little probationary period. Um, as soon as you get to regiment, then you, they kind of groom you to get you ready to go to school to get your ranger tab, which is like all-encompassing, like you're nothing unless you get your ranger tab in the regiment. Um, you, you actually That's when you actually start getting some respect. So, um, yeah, the, having a, getting an option 40 contract is about you get a chance to go to ranger assessment and selection program to get into the regiment. Um, there's like a whole nother thing, um, (laughs) that people always get it, uh, confused with, um, Ranger School and Ranger and RASP are two Mm -hmm. completely different things. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to like down anybody who graduates Ranger School and isn't in in regiment, but there's obvious, but, uh, there's like obviously a running theme in the, in the army. I won't, I won't, um, I won't, uh, I guess, keep it a secret or. Or anything like that. Like personally, I think if you gra- if you graduate Ranger School, like that's great, great, good on you. But there's a lot of people with the opinion, especially guys in regiment, like that you're not a real Ranger unless you've graduated Ranger School and you're in Ranger Regiment. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just kind of like the uh, the culture, I guess. Yeah,
0: that's definitely something that uh, I ran into. When I was in the army. A lot of uh, a lot of officers that we would have uh, who were infantry at one point would go through ranger school but they never went to battalion they were you know they went through ranger school got their tab and then went on to do other completely different stuff whether it be signal or space or whatever so i definitely get what you're saying there um so how was rasp
1: um at the time i thought it was pretty hard but um after being here for As long as I've been here, which personally, which I don't think is I've been here very long. I know people have been here longer, obviously, but uh, it was it's honestly pretty if (laughs) easier said than done. But if you just um, if you put up with the BS, you will make it. You know, as long as you make the minimum physical standards to uh get in to get through RASP, everything else is just purely mental. So, like, you're going to be getting smoked a lot. You're going to be, um, you know, tired most of the time and all this stuff. But as long as you make the minimum requirements, which is the PT test, um, the Ruck, and a couple other things, like land nav and all that stuff, and don't fill the land nav, and don't get any sort of integrity violations, you'll be just fine, and you'll make it into regiment. So when I, when I went through it, I thought it, yeah, it was that was pretty hard but now that I've been through it it's like it's uh, there's a saying in regiment is it's easy to get into regiment but it's hard to stay in regiment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I've, I've heard that as well and that's how do you feel it is on the uh on the balance of like um you appreciate like on one side being you appreciate that you're in a unit that clearly it's been self-selecting you have a, a lot of talented motivated driven individuals on one side versus there's also a whole lot of bs and like kind of like because as far as i can tell it's sort of like the most distilled distilled down version of the army bs that you guys deal with there in in uh ranger bat how would you feel it is kind of like your experience
1: are you, are you asking like the the contrast between like being in like say the regular army and then being in regiment
0: yeah yeah as far as like you know um hurry up and wait and the. Uh, the you know ridiculous trainings the early to early to early you know 15 minutes to the 50 minutes to the 50 minutes and you know all the all the stuff that grinds you down as a soldier where you're like we could just
1: (laughs) those (laughs) are all still there those are all definitely still there in regiment it's not like there's anything special um for that regiment is considered to be the standard bearer for the army so anything that the big army uh should follow is the regiment sets it. Like I remember like for a good example would be like when the army switched over to the OCP camouflage uniform. Uh we had to switch over to that a year early because we're the standard bearer. Mm -hmm. Um and and I think regiment kind of rides a really gray line, a really thin line in being um the they have to be the standard bearer for the army, but they also work in special operations. So like uh I from one time we had a, a briefing, I, th- I believe it was my battalion commander who said this, or maybe a battalion sergeant major. And he said, the main que- there's question is, it, are guys in Ranger Bat, are they infantrymen who do special operations tasks, or are they special operations that do infantry tasks? And he kind of puts it, most people were confused by his answer, but it, it kind of makes sense in a way. He's like, well, both of those are wrong. Were rangers you know so people at first thought that like um okay he's just kind of avoiding the question but um he he made sense if you really look into it because they there is times where it's like we're, we're infantrymen who perform special operations tasks just like any other infantrymen like the 82nd or 101st or any other infantry unit um And then there's times where we could be like special operations that just that just performs infantry tasks you know like we could we kind of have to be on both sides of the uh
0: spectrum Hmm. awesome um so sort of pivoting a little bit how i know you said that you played video games for uh, a good chunk of your life that's always been like a core aspect of, of who you are um how did you get into like the content creation making youtube videos and and streaming
1: um I think it's always interested me um I never really fully got into it until about maybe oh a year and a half two years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. I think I got really got started trying to do it back in 20, 2018 when I got back from my second deployment, yeah, and I was I got back and I was just really bored and I was um I was going through some stuff. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start streaming on Twitch. And um I kinda made the age old mistake of just, you know, going live whenever I gamed and not, you know, kind of building other things on other platforms uh to kind of get people there. Cause I think as we as you and I know, there isn't a lot of discoverability on Twitch. But uh I did I started doing that the first I don't know, year. And then I kind of took a break from it. And then I really got back into it. Probably, I would say, maybe six to eight months ago, I really got back into it.
0: Awesome. And it's something, is it something that you're able to do, or you have been able to do while uh, on deployment? Or is it, uh, is the the internet and, and or computer too spotty, wherever you've been to be uh, able to continue supporting it?
1: this this last deployment, I was fortunate enough to have some time on my hands and also to have good internet so yeah. while I was deployed, I was putting out videos um almost daily uh for most for most of my deployment on youtube and uh pu- kind of pushing out content that way I wasn't able to of course live stream but uh I was definitely putting out a lot on youtube i was kind of try- i was first starting to make um my instagram and uh twitter and all kinds of stuff like that and i'm still trying to i'm still working on the instagram and twitter stuff trying to like you know fill that out but um my youtube i definitely have been hustling hard on that
0: yeah it was like daily videos that i saw when you were like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm coming back here in, in a couple of weeks i'm like you're on deployment with all these videos you're putting out
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i was uh <laughs> i i would um i play a lot of arma 3 and as you know and uh I would get up super early in the morning, um, before anybody we, where I'm at and play uh operations with the unit that I play with. And uh then after we got we get done with the operation, I'd be like, All right, I gotta go I gotta go do I gotta go do stuff. And they're like and they're everyone's going to bed. So I thought it was kinda of funny.
0: That's really funny. And uh the gaming aspect of it, um is that something that you is that abnormal would you say amongst people in your unit or is gaming not really a thing or is that you know no, what
1: I, I wouldn't say it's abnormal um I think that and I think that would surprise a lot of people I think there's gamers I think there's definite gamers in in uh, regiment in the military um, for sure uh, is there a lot of people I guess who are content creators in active duty? I think there's good amount, but I think it's not like a, a, uh, a super prominent thing. You're like, I mean, I'm I'm hailed as like the nerd in my platoon, <laughs> so uh, it's still kind of like a they still say that like, oh, you're the nerd or whatever. But like, I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. I you guys, I see you guys playing like RuneScape or you know. <laughs> a bunch of things and I'm like you're calling me a nerd, you know? Like I just think it's kind of funny. Kai
0: okay, toshi you said you're a chad nerd. A churd. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the yes. the churd, the one and only churd. The churd. <laughs> um so uh what what kind of games do you do you play on your on your uh content?
1: Uh right now mainly tactical shooters. Um I play a lot of Arma with a bunch of with a couple of units that I play with. Um I mean, you guys as well, the FOD squad and everybody. Um, I play Insurgency Sandstorm, um, Squad, uh, Escape from Tarkov, and I'll, like – but I'm kind of, like, more of a variety. I I would call myself as, like – I don't just play tactical shooters. Like, I'm kind of a variety, like – I mean, I'll play Overwatch. I'll play – I mean, all the way up to, like, NHL. I love, I love playing NHL. Uh, I don't have NHL 20 yet, but I love playing that game with my friends back home. And, yeah, I mean, I play everything, honestly.
0: And so um, one of the questions that I know I've been asked a lot, and I'm sure you get it even more than me because I did nerdy stuff in the Army, Uh, and then I play a couch operator in games. You do the real thing in, in the real world. Um, wh- What do you think it is about uh being a soldier uh especially one that you know uh, is in combat arms and then basically going home and playing it in games w- why do you think that that's so appealing to two soldiers
1: um well i know one thing it's not appealing to to every soldier i think i think it takes a certain type of person but i think it's appealing to a lot of them um like, I remember one time I got some of my buddies in from the platoon to come play Arma with me one time, and I was explaining it to them, and they're like – and as I was explaining it to them, they're like, oh, okay, so it's like – I'm basically doing my job right now, you know, like kind of making fun of me and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I mean – but like there's definite people who like absolutely love the uh, – to, to implement – I think one of the main things why I love playing tactical shooters is I love to see tactical shooters where I can implement real-world tactics into a video game i think that's super cool and if and if a video game is able to allow me to implement like a real world tactic and have it work um i think that's that's the coolest thing in the world hence why i play a lot of
0: arma because you can implement some real world stuff in that that makes sense and um sort of uh what are the one of the series that you've got going on youtube i think you said you're just about to finish it up is uh you know a ranger plays call of duty Modern Warfare. Uh, and um sort of on a on a scale of uh totally ridiculous to you know a 0 being totally ridiculous and 10 being the absolutely it's 100% realistic like how close do you think that game is and maybe other games to um to sort of getting it getting it right as far as portraying those those missions sort of how they're executed you know all that sort of stuff how how close when we say video games have gotten more realistic, you know, with the graphics and whatnot, how close have they actually gotten to to the way the uh the way that experience is?
1: Uh I would say the new the newest Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, their campaign is uh they 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 obviously had very good technical advisors. I know I think when I watched like a couple of their behind the scenes, they had a couple of uh former SEALs that would do their te- uh, a lot of their military advising for them. And I think they did a very good job. Um, a good example would be when you play the, which everybody knows, the clean house mission and the wolves' den missions where you go in and you have night vision on and you're clearing this house and stuff like that. And I think every the the biggest things that impressed me about those missions were every time, when I was thinking in like a real world mindset, every time I was thinking about a dude who was making a mistake, or um, something could happen right here, because I've heard people tell me about it, or I've heard about things like that happen like that in real life. It happened in game, and that's how I knew that I was like, wow, these guys had uh, had some actual people who've done this stuff in real life to uh, tell them how to make this this mission. Like for example, when there's a guy who walks past the doorway and then they shoot through the door at him, that's like a big no no in uh, CQB. Is you don't walk. Like you don't walk across the they call it the fatal funnel. You don't walk across a doorway because obviously they can shoot right through that and that's that's exactly where they're gonna be. Um like I think you see you'll see it in my video as I go through that that mission. I'm like, why are you going across that door? Why are you going across that doorway? And that's when he gets that's when he gets lit up. So I think they did a really good job at uh making you have to make quick decisions and uh you know kind of implement them. And make you uh, super stressed. I think that's I think that's very well uh, depicted in that mission. Now, of course, it's Call of Duty, so they have to make it very flashy and very Hollywood-esque type. But overall, overall, there are some little things that I have gripes with. But overall, I think they did a very good job for that
0: game. Okay, now here <clears throat> here's where I'm going to ask you to: What's a what's a shooter that everyone says is like? Dude, this is so realistic. Like it's so great. Like what's what's one that you've played where you're like this is not realistic at all? Like especially in the tactical genre. You got any good examples of that?
1: Um Let's see.
0: I would have to think about that one for a second. Okay, you can think about that. Um let's uh So, you play a lot of Arma. Uh the what are the two two units that you play with?
1: Uh so I play with Mainly, I'm playing a lot with the uh, Task Force Mohawk. Uh, it's a bunch of dudes. We basically, it's kind of, it's it's like an RP um, unit. It's they role play as other guys, is like uh, Delta Force or CAG and DevGrew, and they got CIA in there, uh, SBS, SAS. Any any um, flag you fly, they'll have a unit for you that you can go in and play as, and or most of them. And, uh, they, there's that unit and that's, that's where it's like, they get down to like super, they want, their biggest thing is immersion. They want you to be immersed in the gameplay. So that's, um, I think you see it in the game, in the gameplay that there's not a lot of joking around. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's, a, it's, in a, to take the coin away from dyslexia. It's, it's serious fun. You know, it's like, we have a lot of fun with it, but we stay serious in it to keep the immersion. Um, and then there's another group that I play with. I play with, uh, well, actually a couple group huh? There's a couple more groups. Um, but I'm a part of the Katie and XX, which I've only played about one op with them, but they don't have a lot of ops. They kind of have them maybe like once a week. Um, those guys, they, I mean, I, you guys probably have probably seen uh, Remy Down Under Gaming on YouTube. That guy is incredible in making his missions for Arma. I think he I think he makes them very well for the 80 plus people that he has. And that's kind of more of a uh, like you play as many different things. Like the one I played with, you play we were playing as the Marines in the Harvest Red campaign, except now it was the mission was called Harvest Green. But then we also play as like the KD and XX, obviously, if anybody knows like the Warhammer lore it's from the warhammer stuff warhammer 40k so you can play as that i will play as other things personally i haven't played that yet like around that that realm yet but i'm super excited to once they start getting more stuff set up um another group i play with is task force bangarang that's uh basically a bunch of a bunch of veterans uh like myself you got justin red87 on twitch he's a former marine uh mr stocom dude also a former marine um Seraphim Solstice, also a former Marine, and a couple other guys that are vets on there too. And we all just get together and we play either Liberation or um, uh, a multitude of of different game modes together. And then obviously with you guys, with the FOD squad, I play a lot. I play with you guys with like Anastasi and um, any other cool missions that you guys got going too.
0: Yeah, so... First off, thanks for playing with us. It's a lot of fun. Um yeah, of course. <laughs> it was really funny uh I think the first time we played together and I was <clears throat> we were playing Arma and then somehow I got put in charge and I'm looking around and I'm like, "Why am I the one in charge? I'm the one who knows this the least." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um aside from Arma, what do you what do you think uh your favorite sort of tactical game is?
1: Um besides from Arma, let's see here. I would probably say favorite tactical game favorite tactical game. God, I mean they all have their allure to them in my opinion. Um Squad probably for a tactical game mainly because um and and I, you know Squad gets a lot of hate because of sometimes they can have a toxic community and all that <laughs> stuff, but I think Squad has a very um high emphasis on team play and they they implement suppression like to be to be able to suppress someone because that's like a huge thing in real life of when you're running what they call a battle drill right so in order to maneuver on the enemy you have to keep them suppressed you have to keep them fixed in one position not be able to move and basically make them feel like if they stick their head up right now they're going to get shot and killed and squad does that in a way where like if you're getting shot at you know it and there's a fear factor to it because like the sound is the sound design in it is really good and like if you die in squad you're not like you know spawning right back in in about five seconds like call of duty or anything like that you got to go spawn in a different at a at a hab and get to the fight again and stuff like that so people kind of treat their lives a little bit more um they don't just kind of like run and like throw away their lives willingly so much in squad and that's what allows the suppression effect in Squad to work so because um in real life if you were to get caught in the open and someone's shooting at you but you're able to suppress them and get fire superiority as they say and keep that that person's head down your survivability increases like tenfold rather than uh surviving for like only about five seconds after you just kind of get picked off in the middle of a field so i think that that would probably be my second best game for in terms of tacticalness
0: okay cool yeah i obviously i really like squad uh I wish that their gunplay was a little better, but you know they'll get there mm-hmm. eventually. That would. Um, so uh, you talked about sound design. Um, that's one of the things that that I've heard uh, other combat vets that I've I've talked to talk about various like movies and TV shows and whatnot. Which game do you think uh, that you've played has like the best sound design? Like really captures like that the the feeling of what it's like to be on the battlefield.
1: Um. Oh jeez. So I think probably right now and i had an early opinion of this of uh escape from tarkov now obviously escape from tarkov is a little bit like it's kind of like uh small scale but when, when you're getting shot at in escape from tarkov like i've heard people say like escape from tarkov is like it's not marketed as a horror game but it can be a horror game if you're playing by yourself Mm-hmm. When, you're get, when you're getting shot at in Escape from Tarkov like I've been playing it multiple times where like I would be just kind of like moving along and then I'd get shot at and I would jump because of like how first off how loud it is that you hear the snap um, of the round coming past you and I don't personally think their sound design is the best after playing it for a prolonged period of time now but I think the um, for, how small, for how small of p- unit and how small of uh, for not having a lot of people on the on the ground and stuff, and having to worry about like if you hear them and stuff, and it's kind of like a game of cat and mouse. Um, I think it's a very they, they implement the sound in that very well. In the fact that like when you're getting shot at, you know it, and it scares the crap out of you, especially if they're trying to suppress you.
0: I uh, we had a question earlier from Explosive Seal asking if uh, the tinnitus ring from uh, from Tarkov, you know, when any explosions go off, like how realistic. That sounds to you.
1: Oh, the tinnitus ring. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, if you're not wearing ear pro, yeah. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, you're going to be, your ears are going to be ringing. You're not going to hear much. And then I think it's really cool in Tarkov when you get shot in the head. Like, if you're wearing like a helmet that has a high enough armor where it's just going to ricochet off, like, you're going to be out of the count out for the count for a little bit because you just took a round to the head and and you got blurry vision and all kinds of stuff like that I think that's really cool how how they implement that and also another thing that I really love about Tarkov is the armor system that they have where it's like certain rounds don't penetrate certain uh, um, armor and like the fact that you could have like a nine millimeter uh, like a mp5 or something and someone's wearing like a level or a class six armor it's just kind of like you're it's like you're shooting them with an airsoft gun Because they're, uh, it's just not, it's not penetrating the, uh, armor. So I think that's a super cool, um, implementation. I, I, that you don't see that in a lot of games. I know I've heard about it in World War III, but I have never played it myself. So I, I can't really speak on that point, but I really
0: love the, uh, implementation of armor in a game like that. And, uh, that, one thing that people bring up a lot, and and I've heard various opinions from people who've actually been out there and done it. How do you think Tarkov gets the gets the balance between uh, having having a lot of armor, vice being more mobile? And I mean, because they got to the point where it was like your turn radius is slower, like your we like bring your weapon up, like they it really the amount of armor you wear at various points in that game has really affected like uh your ability to operate uh, on the battlefield. Would you say that they get that pretty accurate or
1: i would say they are getting there but the thing is here's my thing with video games and um um and uh let's say stamina because they just started implementing a stamina thing in the newest tarkov update i believe and they implemented a weight system and stuff like your guy gets gassed more often and although i do agree like I know for a fact if I were wearing every like if I had were fully armored up like that guy in Tarkov and stuff like I would be like I would I would be hating life if cuz I'd be if I was sprinting around like that and and uh and having all that armor on I'd be I'd be hating life I'd be like oh my gosh I I I think they do get it right that way where like pulling your gun up it it you get slower cuz you have all, more armor on and like shooting with a face shield especially is you can't get that proper cheek to stock weld going and um, I think they implement that very very well, where like, you're a lot slower if you have all that much armor on. Um, although, for video games, you're kind of riding a very fine line, I think, because if you implement stamina, there's, there's games that do it right and there's games that do it wrong. Do I think Tarkov does it wrong, from my opinion? No, I don't think they do it wrong, because I haven't had a lot of complaints on my end from Tarkov. But there is certain games, like, where Arma, for example, if you, if, you're, if you have no stamina, your dude's gun is just like, what the <laughs> heck is going on? Like, I don't understand. Like, even if I was gassed, I would not be moving like that. So, um, I think Arma needs to, <laughs> needs to get that weapon sway crap down better. But uh, when it comes to Tarkov, no, I think it's, I think it's pretty good.
0: Awesome. Have you, have you played uh, Hell Let Loose?
1: I have, I have played Hello. What's yes.
0: your opinion on their suppression system in that? Because I know that that's like a, that's a real contentious point. Uh, as as somebody who has actually traded bullets with an enemy, do you? I would,
1: I would say yeah. exactly what Kay, what uh, I'm agreeing with what Kayatoshi says. Mobility is is versus firepower. Like, um, you need to keep moving in a in 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 uh, a in a combat situation because like. There's a saying that they say where it's like, fire without maneuver is indecisive, and maneuver without fire is suicidal or catastrophic, depending on who you hear it from. Um, you have to be able to keep the dudes da- keep the dudes heads down. And in video games, it's very hard to implement a suppression system because the biggest thing is the whole reason why you're getting suppressed is because you fear for your life. Like. When you're trying to suppress a dude, like, you may not be shooting very accurately at a guy, but you may just be unloading on the guy. um, And it's it's not necessarily in order to hit him. Obviously, if you hit him, it'd be great. But if you weren't hitting him, at least you were scaring him enough that basically if he were to lift his head up, he is going to get hit. And for a video game, um, you have to – it's really hard to – um implement that because you know not nobody's afraid for their life you know uh, if you people were saying like uh, i think some other guys were saying like in Remy Remy from uh, down under gaming he was saying like the only way you could really get that to work in a game is if you had something like vr where like if you got shot you like had a shock that like shock your arm or if you got shot in the arm you got shocked in the arm or your chest or something like that because like then you would like you don't want to get hit so you're stuck behind cover you know and the it's really hard to implement that but i think the way games are trying to implement them now it makes sense and honestly i haven't played hell at loose in a long time and i is it in hell at loose is it more so like it just takes
0: your vision away like you just can't see your vision like cones in and you lose a lot of vision but if you get to a certain level of suppressed your arms kind of do this motion like you you can't you cannot effectively return fire it's basically what what the what the mechanic does. It's like you're sitting there with your weapon, and then all of a sudden the you know tank starts unloading its its rounds towards you. Your guy is completely combat ineffective to actually return fire. You could still move, but you you cannot aim. Is basically what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, the um, I think uh, I think the way that they imp- try to implement it is like they're saying like you are being suppressed, so like whether I mean you probably don't feel it as the gamer who's like you know just playing the game don't feel it like oh god like I'm gonna die like but your guy you know would be like I don't want to fucking stick my head up so yeah. they try to implement that with like taking away your vision and, and stuff like that and like I think people don't understand that that like if you were getting shot at like that in real life and that what they're trying to they're trying to implement here is is like authenticism and like realistic and try to be realistic with it they're trying to implement where basically suppression fire makes sense in a video game, and if people were to get mad at something like that, I would say, and and they and they they're saying that something like they want realism, like realistically, you wouldn't be sticking your head up if someone's suppressing you with a tank. So, yeah. like to that, I would say I think they're doing just fine. I think they're just trying to they're trying to do something new and be and trying to address an issue. That is very hard to address.
0: Do you feel like when when rounds are coming back at you from downrange that you, with enough, I don't know, like obviously you've got you've got a lot of training behind you. Do you think it's still possible to effectively return fire? Like, do you think if somebody, if somebody, if you feel as though in in that sort of suppression sense of like, okay, there's enough rounds going going around me that this is this is accurate enough that I am legit scared about looking up. Do you think you could still effectively pick out a target at fifty to one hundred meters and and hit them?
1: Um, I would say if you're able to effectively return fire while getting effectively suppressed, because not only are you the thing, the thing that people don't realize too is like when a when a round goes by you, yeah, you hear the snap, you hear you hear like and stuff like that, but like there's sometimes where like a round would go by you. And it would be, you You would hear, you would feel the heat of the round, depending on how how large the round is. Um, and like, you would feel it, like getting, when someone, I, I the way I can explain it is when, if say someone's shooting next to you on the range, and they're like right next to you, you feel that overpressure from that explosion of the gun right next to you, right? Like you feel that kind of smacking you in the face, kind of smacking right next to you. Um because it's not just like the sound like the snaps going by you like you th- you can definitely feel those rounds if they how depending on how close they get to you um even on like a range like if you're they have these things called these pop-up ranges where basically like you would sit um just below a berm and you would put the targets up for the guys to shoot at long range and uh what I would what I was what I would tell some of the new guys or like even some of the guys that would tell me when i first did that they're like they're like remember this sound because this is what it sounds like to have incoming like fire come at you you know like you hear that snap like that's so um to answer your question to for someone to like be just engaging you with a we'll say like a machine gun or just like shooting really fast at you from 50 to 100 meters away would you be able to accurately engage that person uh I would say it would depend on the person, I think I mean, there's obviously a a, a level of fear in the person in the person and of like if you're if you just don't care about your life or something like that, then maybe. but mm-hmm. I know if someone were shooting at me from fifty to a hundred meters away and I had cover, um I would be getting in that cover while we were turning fire, but that's the whole point of a, of a, an engagement though, is you have to gain fire superiority or superiority, otherwise you're just gonna get pinned and they'll be able to maneuver on you and close with and kill you. So to answer your question, could you engage accurately? Probably not. Could you engage? could you re- engage them? Yes, one hundred percent, you would I would be mag dumping at them uh, to try and keep them to get their head down so I can maneuver on them.
0: Cool. Um, thanks for that, by the way, because it's it's just one of those things, you know. Like, uh, most people who are making video games have not ever have have never been in combat. They might have technical advisors and whatnot, but there's I think there's you know like anything else, there's going to be certain aspects that are that are uh missed or not not well understood unless you've actually been there and done that. So I you know, in info like that, I think is really good for for people. I mean, there's a lot of people who play the sorts of games we do who obviously aspire to either join the military or something like that but oftentimes like i i find it's like a, a a thing where a lot of people um who wanted to join the military but for whatever reason could not end up in the tactical gaming space like maybe they had asthma maybe they got hurt while they were training something like that and and you find them like their minds and their their mind and heart are in the right spot they just weren't able to to actually do that and so i think you get a lot of uh get a lot of uh, arm, armchair armchair combat vets <laughs> you know yeah. like they yeah. survived two campaigns in arma sort of uh situation so it whatever whenever i read uh forums and people are like oh, i i don't understand if i had a car 98 and somebody's bearing down you know with a with a B A R, I bar i could totally still hit them and i'm just like i don't i don't think so i mean i don't know but i don't think so <laughs> like
1: y- yeah like and i'm not trying to like to my own horn here i'm not trying to say I've i've like i've been in so many firefights or anything yeah. like that um, I, i personally, I know guys who have been through a lot more than I have. Like I've, I've been through not that much, but, um, to, to answer like, to answer your questions, like, is, is somebody going to be able to accurately engage you or it, accurately engage someone that's going to be al- already has to jump on you and stuff? I don't think so. I don't think you'll be able to.
0: Um, so what's your favorite uh favorite weapon in in all these tactical gates we're playing what what do you like to pull out the most are you are you an m four guy
1: i'm an m four guy i do love the m four i love the modability
0: of it do you um in in your uh in your uh battalion um slash company slash whatever uh, are you guys do you guys have to follow s o p for your weapons or is it something that's kind of like uh per person
1: There's SOP, for sure, but um, there's also, like, you kind of have a little bit of a say in what you use for, like, say, an optic. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, like, there's Eotex, there's uh, Elcans, there's guys who rock Vortex Razors. I believe that's the brand name for them. Um, But you kind of have a little bit of a say, but there is an SOP
0: for us, yes. That's, like, is it, like, do you guys rock, like, PEQs, or...?
1: la fives and stuff like that
0: cool and um and so do you set up your weapon in games like you would in real life
1: <laughs> i definitely have done that yeah i I would set up my um m4 and arma a lot of the times how i would set it up how i have it set up in real life um i'm a lefty so like it's harder for me to actually set it up how i have it in real life just because i have the the laser <laughs> and the pressure switches in different positions where uh, righty would have it but uh I think I'll we call to, that being
0: wrong-sided, actually.
1: Yes, you're right. I am wrong-handed, <laughs> as they as they call me. For an M4,
0: um, it's wrong-handed. Let's be honest. That brass yeah, coming yeah. out right in your face.
1: Yeah. For an M4, it's not as bad. For if you're shooting a saw, it's the most painful thing ever for your forearm, because that's where it shoots the links out at, and it hits your <laughs> forearm. I have scars still on my forearm from when I was a saw gunner, like... You probably can't see them, but there's like a legitimate scar right here on my forearm from barrel burns and brass that's hitting my forearm constantly. It's just like it's not fun being a left-handed sawgunner.
0: And uh, uh, Skeeter Bolt brings up being shoot, able to shoot ambidextrously. Is that something you guys train on?
1: Um, not a lot, but they do train it.
0: So when you're doing when you're doing like. You know, having to having to pop out from cover and whatnot, are you uh Am I switching are you, shoulders? Yeah, no, are you usually? comfortable. Right. Okay. I um, don't
1: usually do it. I, I don't think I'm a good enough shooter right now to be switching shoulders and engaging like that. Now, can you do that? Yes, one hundred and ten percent. But my for my confidence level, I don't do that.
0: And uh what sort of sidearm do you do you prefer?
1: Uh I use a Glock
0: nineteen. Or Glock Guy?
1: Yeah. If I were if I had a choice, I would probably use a Glock 17 just because it fits better in my hand. It's a little bigger.
0: You got those big hands, those big banana hands?
1: I wouldn't say I got big hands, but I got, like, wide hands, I guess you would say. And it just fits better in my hand. And, it's, not, uh, it's not
0: big. It's big It's big boned.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's big boned, yeah. But it just fits better in my hand, a Glock uh, 17 does. And it's been a while since I've even had a or held a glock 17 but back when i was in police academy and college and stuff we had glock 17s and i really liked it because it fit my hand well and then i tried to shoot a glock 19 and i shoot a glock 19 now in the army i'm used to it now but um it's it just it's just a smaller gun that doesn't fit well in my hand
0: and that's is that standardized across across your your uh it's standardized unit?
1: for us yes we 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 shoot the uh glock 19 i think the regular um, the standard issue pistol for the army now is the Sig P320. I think it's called.
0: I mean, the units I was in, we shot M16 uh, A2 muskets and M9. So <laughs> I don't good. really have a whole lot
1: of. <laughs> oh, dude! When I went through, when I went through uh, Rasp, we sh- they were still shooting the M9, and I, f- I hate the M9, man.
0: Imagine I being think. an armorer for it. That was the worst. I hated oh, working yeah. on M9s. They're the worst, especially because oh. officers don't ever clean or or do whatever. I could get. I can go down a rabbit hole on that. <laughs> it's amazing how officers never clean their own weapons. They they always gave it to the armor dirty and then gave that look like you're not gonna accept this.
1: <laughs>
0: um. Oh, yeah. So, uh, VR. I've seen you play VR with Justin Red a few times, especially Onward. Which big shout out to those guys. I I really enjoy that game. How um. How do you feel like the immersion level is uh, in a game like that versus, you know, your standard first-person shooter, keyboard and mouse?
1: Oh, it's immersive. I like it. Um, I mean, the the honestly, the fear factor is there, too, for that. Because, um, I don't know if you've played it or not, but, like, when those dudes are coming at you, like, <laughs> not usually when you're shooting at them, but when they get close to you, like... Your your perception of like how large these dudes are, because for some reason they decided to make these guys like eight feet tall.
0: <laughs> they 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 are they are some big Slavic mofos, aren't they?
1: It's like it's <laughs> like straight up Russian spetsnaz Ivan coming at you, <laughs> like ginormous dude, and like he start and the AI just like they run at you even when you're dead. So like when you're standing there and they run right up to you like super fast, you I flinch a few times like Jesus, like like he's gonna hit me, but um. No, in terms of like uh immersion, I think it's really cool i think uh i get I get pretty immersed when I play it.
0: Do you think that that's kind of the future of of milsim or you think that's got a ways to go?
1: I think it's got a ways to go, but then again, when I think about that there's uh i mean technology it has advanced so much in the past ten years so. I would say in, like, the next five years, it's going to look really cool, I think. But, um, but yeah, in the tactical space, like, VR is super cool. But f- in order for them to actually implement, like, moving around and stuff, because right now you're just standing and using your thumbs to move yourself around. Um, and they, I've seen, like, treadmills and stuff of guys using treadmills and, like, the omnidirectional thing, uh, which is really cool. I've never used one. But... I think that they're going the right direction for sure. It's a lot of fun.
0: Is that, would that be, do you think that's a useful or it could be a useful training tool?
1: Yes, I have, I have, uh, <laughs> I've shown multiple guys in the regiment, uh, me playing onward. And like, I've had them come into my room and play and play it. And they're like at each, every single time I swear, every single person I bring in here and they play it, they're like, you could actually use this for training and i'm like i know right you definitely could because like there's times in the army where it's like you can't get out to the range or it's raining or some whatever reason you got something going on but you're but you're stuck inside well i mean you fired up they had i mean onward i'm pretty sure you can they have maps now you can make so Mm. like if you if if i like made a map of like a shoot house that we have people could literally run through that shoot house and get dry runs via in vr and get a better understanding than like what we what we call glass houses where it's like you just like lay out the rooms in uh with engineer tape and just kind of like one through them that way but you can see through them all. It's why they're called glass houses but like to be able to do it in vr and kind of get to know like how the space actually looks like in real life i think that would definitely help for training
0: awesome yeah that's uh i always thought that you know, being a guy who did the EST two thousand a few times, and then I got I had the opportunity. Did you ever um, do? Have you ever trained on the? Um, I think they call it Gunslinger system. I have not. Oh, okay, it's like it's like a EST two thousand on crack. It's like, uh, it's it. They had one in Bomb Holder. It's really cool. Obviously, they would have it in Bomb Holder, considering the units that are tenant there. Um, but the uh, basically the the idea behind that is, uh, it's um essentially air air powered weapons not unlike est 2000 but it's all internally so you have no like cables or anything coming off of you and Mm -hmm. uh they've got a bunch of uh screens and various things but they can put the screens up anywhere and they there's like a even a room where they can uh where you can do like actual cqc like they'll set up like a, a small shoot house and there's screens all over the place for that and so as you uh go through it uh they have like all these cameras at different angles and they those cameras are do like doing like actual number crunching behind the scenes so they could be like you know it'll automatically tell you like hey uh from you know from flashbang until first first uh round on target was you know 2 seconds but you really need to get that down to like 1.2 seconds or something like that it's like basically they took a um uh athletics like physiology Idea that it was basically created by uh, former special forces guys working with uh, uh, baseball, um, like uh, physiologists. Basically, like so, I said, okay, sports have been doing this for a long time, where they where they put you in something and they stress you, and then they they very minutely t- break down your actions. Why don't we do that for you know soldiers who are going to be? It's basically a, a, another form of athletics. It's really interesting. Oh yeah, uh, I agree. I'm not sure if the program's still going on. It was really cool, and it was like a twenty twenty fifteen that I did it. So I don't know if it was like a if if the bang ever happened on it, but it it was really it was a really cool system that they had basically in a trailer that they could just pull up somewhere, deploy, yeah. and then suddenly you're you're kicking indoors in a CQC shoot house with, you know, enemies on display and and they can have it interactive and all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think that's really cool. I think I think the army it'd be really cool if they actually did implement some VR stuff like that. Um I mean like I mean like not large scale because i don't want to say that that like um actually doing it in real life is obviously way better than doing it in vr but like there's just been times where it's like when you can't go when you don't have time to get to the range you don't have time to get out to the shoot house or something like that and there's and guys are just sitting around you know like we, we have guys our new guys are always looking in their knowledge packets and and learning about stuff and but there's times where it's like they've just been sitting and staring at their knowledge packet for the past like three hours. It's like okay, well, and their team leader may not have time because he's trying to do admin stuff at that time, or all these different things. It's like okay, well, it'd be really cool one day where like they're like, all right, let's let's go upstairs or wherever and just fire up the old VR and just run through some shoot houses that we already have in the in the system, and they can just kind of like go up there and practice what they've been taught before and kind of practice it doing VR. So that way they have. um a good understanding of it and they have like actual visual feedback from doing it.
0: Yeah. That's, I think that'd be really cool. I mean, and especially cause of how, how easy it is to set up. That's something you could just hand to a team leader, or a squad leader and be like, Hey, you know, have, have your guys do some two by twos or something like that.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be really cool if they implemented something like that.
0: Cool. Um, And then, uh, you know, we talked about immersion. Um, <clears throat> How, like, how is how would you say that, uh, you know, playing playing games and getting really immersed like in this is in some way cathartic or is it um, stressful? Like, you know, like there there's always like a, a, uh, a question about like, you know, having actually been under real combat stress, like how does that how does that translate into a game? You know, can, is it is it something that could be terrifying? Is it something that like kind of gets your adrenaline going in the same way? Therefore, it's like more alluring, like like how does that break down for you?
1: yeah I mean speaking for myself, I don't think it's i don't think it's uh um terrifying or anything like that, but i think it's i think it's really cool how they can make you feel like like um, like oh my gosh i i'm gonna get shot or something like that like I think it's really cool like that um it like i said for video games to be able to implement. You know, something like that in real life, or getting shot at, or like anything like that. I I don't think they'll be able to implement that unless they actually do like a some sort of feedback system. But you can't, you really can't do that because you just you just don't fear for your life. But I definitely think um, the immersion of it. I mean, they're they're getting there where like you're you're feeling really immersed, like. I mean, like I said in Tarkov, where like it can be a it can be a horror game if you think about it, where like you're just creeping through a hallway and you're and you're trying to listen super hard for any sort of footsteps or anything, or like you're moving and all of a sudden you hear footsteps and you don't move, and it's kind of like a game of cat and mouse. Like I think they I think they they do that really well.
0: Awesome. Well, that's uh, most of the questions that I had for you. Uh, I've taken some questions from chat, and then we can people can keep asking questions while we do a little bit of Q and A here at the end. Um, one of the questions that was, uh, asked a lot earlier by Kai how many burpees can you do?
1: How many burpees can I do? Uh, oh gosh. I don't know. Like it's, uh, consecutively. <laughs>
0: I think consecutively.
1: Oh God. I have no idea. I would probably be able to get to like 50 and then get gassed. Like yeah. extremely, I'd be extremely gassed
0: at that point. What, um, do you guys do like PRT or do you guys have like special Ranger PT?
1: Um, we don't do PRT. We kind of stick to, uh, doing, well, a lot of times what they've been kind of gravitating towards now is the mountain tactical stuff. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that, but Mm -mm. it's called, I think they, they abbreviate it as like MTI. Um, there, if you look them up, uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's like mountain tactical. They do they do a bunch of stuff where it's like kit kit runs or kit sprints. I wouldn't say kit runs, and there's like sandbag get-ups. There's a lot of really awkward stuff that they try to implement, like how you would um, be, what you would be doing in uh, in combat or like you know in a situation like that. They try to implement it like that to where, um, and they have all kinds of different programs for like training for say Afghanistan for like a mountainous t- terrain or training for. Um, Different goals of yours, or something like that. So, they, they, we, a lot of, a lot of guys go, you do that, like the MTI is what it's called. And there's a couple other ones that I can't really remember, but I wouldn't say that they stick with, and, and Regiment has their own, um, uh, program. And it's called, I think they, they call it the Aries program. And I personally, I've used it but I don't, I haven't personally used it a lot, but I, it's definitely like in depth, um, super, uh, regimented and for like certain things that you're trying to do. Like they have different programs for different things. Like if you're just coming off a ranger school and your and your body is, you know, broken down after being in ranger school, they have like a program to get you back up into shape for that. They have programs for strength, power, endurance, all different kinds of things. And it's super in depth. Like I'm not, People people always are wondering like like how do the how come they don't have a program? They do. We do have a program. We have we have a very good program in place. I just know a lot of guys who use like the MTI stuff.
0: What do you think of the new PG test?
1: The combat fitness test? Yeah. Uh I think they should change the name. <laughs> I you're, think you're... I think look, it they're they're it's a really hard thing they're trying to do. So I'm not trying to knock what they're trying like I'm not trying to say like it's all bad, but if you want to be able to measure someone's combat fitness, something now be, I'm talking about someone who's able to um, perform in a combat in a combat environment, basically where you're moving long distances with a lot of weight or stuff like that. I personally think, and I think they should implement this. I personally think here's what they should do: they should they should do the 12-mile ruck march in under three hours, which I think they do for um everybody um and, and i'm talking about just infantry here um they should do the 12 mile ruck march in another three hours but the the biggest thing though with this is the 12 mile ruck march should be in full kit because what they do now is they do the 12 mile ruck march with the rucks with a rucksack that's 35 pounds dry so that means that you have 35 pounds in the rucksack without your water and then you throw your water in there which then makes it about 40 mm, ish pounds Um, that isn't necessarily realistic because when you're going out on, when you're going out on target or like you're walking around, you're weighing a lot more than 35 pounds and just some water. You got all your armor on, you got your weapon, you got all your magazines, you got any other extra gear you got. So personally, I think if you want to get an accurate assessment on someone's ability to take a rucksack and move 12 miles in under three hours, how, how, or how fast they can do it, you give, they have to do it in full kit um the another thing that you could do that i think measures your your fitness for combat a little, really well is what we have we call it they call it the rpat the ranger physical assessment test where um you wear body armor a helmet and you're in full you're in full uniform like just your combat fatigues and you do a 1 mile run i believe okay so let me think here I think it's a two mile run with your foot with all that kit on and boots you go, and boots. Yep. And you go to, and you run to, uh, two miles, get back, you do a rope climb, um, a skedco drag, a 50, I think it's like a hundred I don't remember how heavy the skedco drag is a skedco drag for about 50 meters, a hundred meter sprint. Um, I think the rope climb is like 20 feet. Uh, You jump over an eight-foot wall. You climb a caving ladder. I think there's one other thing you do. But you do all that, and then you go and you run another mile. But the thing is, for that also, like, that people don't think about is you're only doing that in your body armor and helmet. You're not doing that in, say, full kit where it's like, say, you got your weapon, you got your... You got your magazines do, do, now do you have to have a rucksack on no because you're not gonna be able to climb a rucksack a 20-foot rope with a, <laughs> with a uh, 20 40 uh, pound rucksack on your back plus everything else now I'm not saying you should you'll be able to do that what I am saying though is um, if you add the gun into it all your all your magazines uh, I think that's more accurately of how someone's going to perform than say just the body armor and the helmet uh, so you got your your 12 mile ruck rock march with all your kit you got your uh RPAT, pat um and then um i think that's those those two things i think those two things are very um are more accurate at um measuring someone's ability to perform physically in combat than the combat fitness test for sure
0: okay Cool. Yeah, I mean obviously, it the idea of uh, taking a soldier like I was and doing a combat fitness test is kind of funny cuz uh yeah. when you when you have a bunch of nerds that are non-deployable and sitting in an air-conditioned room, you know, with no windows right. for for 12 hours a day, it's uh it's harder it to does, assess whether matter. they could. Yeah. And I, and yeah, I always felt I always felt like I get the the army's like mentality of like everyone's soldier first and you there's a very good good chance that if you were to deploy, you might end up having to, you know, to to go either outside the wire or you know to throw out a fob defend it something like that like i get i get the desire to have people combat ready but at the same time i was always like as they were introducing and ramping up some of the stuff like the moment i saw that they had the deadlift in the new test i was like well half the soldiers that i served with are going to be broken because they've never done a deadlift in their life you know like their form's (laughs) going to be terrible and they're gonna get hurt but yeah yeah but but, you uh, know yeah
1: i think i think you know, like you said, I think it's good to have everybody, you know, in shape, in, in case anything like that were to happen, or like if a fob were to get attacked, or you know, for someone to be able to f- perform physically, you know, and not be completely useless. I think that's, I think that's something they should do. But like, should they be doing something as intense as like say what I just explained? No, I don't think they need to do that. But yeah. for somebody who's going to be in the infantry and doing a combat arms thing like that yes 110 percent. i think they need to they need to go through something like that because i don't think the cft is a very accurate assessment of somebody's physical fitness neither do i think the old stuff of like how many push-ups and sit-ups you can do that has nothing to do with um bounding 100 meters like i don't care how many push-ups you can do like it's i i i don't agree with that
0: that's funny okay another question from uh chat uh uh talkie asked um what do you? What games do you like the most? Uh, modern games, future games, or like historic World War II games?
1: Depends on the mood. But I like modern games because I feel I like modern games because that way you don't have to worry about. Um, like I said before, my biggest thing that I love about gaming. And tactical shooters is the ability to implement real-world tactics in them. So if I have a modern game where they have you know, all of the modern weapon systems that we have now, you don't have to worry about someone who's got a laser gun that can shoot you two, two miles away, you know. Than, whereas in modern times, you don't have something like that. So you, you, you don't have to change your SOP or anything like that. So I like modern games mostly.
0: What do you like more, uh, games with like combined arms like Arma or games that are like much more infantry-focused?
1: um i think they both have their their pull. i really do like uh the combined arms aspect i think it's really cool when you can get like um an arma where you can get like you know someone flying a jet you got someone in armor and uh you got an infantry component i think that's super cool to pull all that together and that's what makes arma arma that's what makes that game so amazing to see like a group of people a group of people and players to come together and uh pull to and just like pull out a an operation like that and see it everything go down. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Um but I also do like the small scale um uh room clearing like infantry type tactics. I think that's really cool too. I, I'm a I'm a huge sucker for like CQB type stuff because that's like my favorite thing to do in real life. So um I could go either way with that. Depends on how I feel.
0: Uh I think it's so funny that you play Arma primarily, but CQB is your favorite because I always felt like Arma CQB is so janky.
1: Yeah, Arma CQB is super janky, but like I said, there's ga- there's other games that'll like, uh,
0: you know, tickle my fancy for that type of stuff. Uh, uh Taki swears is a real question, a serious question. Do you like cheese? Do I like cheese? I love cheese. <laughs> I i don't know anyone who doesn't like cheese i think if you don't like i i don't do dairy at all and i still like cheese i mean i just can't have it oh, like yeah. who, does, who doesn't like cheese but when i was um, a, when i was a kid i'd eat cheese right off the block dude i love cheese <laughs> you, you just endeared talking to you forever uh the kaitoshi asked a question that i'm going to transfer into a different one what's your favorite mre
1: my favorite mre Ooh. I, it's funny I, like a a little bit ago i just had the uh, pizza mre and that tasted actually pretty good as first time i've ever had it speaking but, of cheese huh?
0: speaking of cheese pizza yeah, mre cheese,
1: yeah <laughs> um my favorite mre i think i would have to say that comes to mind is the meatball marinara because you can put now all the new meatball marinara they have the italian breadsticks with them and they also have the uh jalapeno cheese and if you put like You keep the Italian breadsticks by the side, but if you put the jalapeno cheese inside the meatball marinara,
0: oh, so good. <laughs> That's, that sounds really good. Um, mm. one, one thing that I've always considered kind of a test of uh, who's actually been in the army is if you make, if you make the, the, the joke ending with a rock or something, people tend to, <laughs> yeah. tend to know what you're talking about. If, if somebody gives you a blank look, they clearly weren't in the army. If you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah just put it against a rock or something. They're like, what are you I talking about a that. rock or something? <laughs> i love
1: Never... that. In, the, in the directions you know everything yeah. is so regimented in the army and they have like a word for everything but for an mre they literally put a rock or something
0: a rock or something it's it's great i love it and the picture yeah. just like a little like looks like a four-year-old oh, drew it um the bro asked uh what your favorite real world weapon system is
1: my favorite real world weapon system Ooh. I'm gonna probably have to go with the m4 again i love the m4 um
0: have you fired any of the variants like the hk 416 or any of the other the other kinds
1: i have but very not not a lot um not enough to like make an actual opinion on it like if if i were to choose like what i'd want to shoot i would probably go with the 416 just because statistics i think like it, it it's better i think mean, it's piston driven it's um a cleaner weapon I think that's probably be the better way to go I know a lot of other u- units are have gravitated towards that now so I would probably go with that but i'm I'm I love m4s
0: do you guys use dip tanks or do you hand clean hand clean oh, dip man. tanks what are those have you really never used a dip tank
1: I've never used a dip tank
0: oh it's it's a lifesaver it's literally a, a, a it just like it sounds you take the weapon apart. You put it in these little slots, and then you dip it into this chemical, which I'm sure there's going to be a lawsuit about in, like, 20 years. And oh, then you pull yeah. it back up, and all the carbon has fallen off.
1: No, we have never used anything like that. I wish we did have something like that.
0: Well, that's, that, was, that was whenever, whenever as an armor, we had to turn in weapons to, like, the main—to, like, the, the depot-level maintenance. They yep. were like, they don't want to see it if you haven't dipped it. They're like you can clean wow. all you want, doesn't matter. We don't want to see it unless you dip it. So there's a dip tank sh- outside of their place. We never got okay. to use it on range or anything, but like when we, when I went to go do like yearly maintenance or whatever, I, I had to dip them all.
1: I should ask my armor, is that see if they dip it. If they dip it when they send it to the uh, other stuff, but I I've never done it myself.
0: Um, have you ever uh, fired a tricked up seventy uh, four or AK- any AK a- AK variant? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've shot AKs before. I've shot the forty-seven AK, AKM.
0: But have you ever fired one that actually has like is more than like a tricked sure? out one? Yeah, like a uh, uh, chat a chat no, AK, a chat AK. I'm chat's no, gonna be so mad at me in a second. I know.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think I've ever shot a, a tricked out AK like that.
0: Cool. Sorry, just answering a question you already said there. Yeah, I really. What what sorts? I mean, it's mostly AKs that you come across uh, on the battlefield, right? I mean, that's that's pretty much the standard. Anything else cool you've ever seen? Uh, dragonoffs, um, Mosin Nagants. Have you fired a dragonoff?
1: I have not fired a dragonoff. No. Um, Mosin Nagants. I mean, RPGs. You know, just your typical weapons that everybody sees. Um. I can't think of any. I'm trying to think of like maybe some like super, uh, not tricked out, but like
0: unique weapons that I've seen. And any really old ones, like uh, grease guns or any of those like. I haven't seen any real grease guns surplus. Now. Real surplus I stuff. I've
1: heard stories of guys taking grease guns with them. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> back home.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't. Oh
0: gosh. But files. Like
1: I feel like I haven't seen any fouls, no. I feel like I've seen a few like super unique weapons, but I've never really. I guess they're just not remember, not memorable.
0: Yeah. What about a dishka on their pickup truck?
1: Oh, dishka, yeah, dishka. Um, definitely seen those. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I can't. Nothing's coming to mind. But yeah, I've seen dishkas and stuff like that.
0: You ever work with uh, like A and A or any of the other local indigenous forces on mission? Yep,
1: yep. Worked with A and A. I've worked with a couple other forces. Um, uh, we have like our own little unit that we have that we train. Just our guys train. That kind of goes out. That goes out with us. Um, that's part of the uh Afghan army, but it's a uh, a little bit more special. But yeah, we've I've I've trained them, trained with them, and stuff like that.
0: What was that experience like?
1: Oh you know they're uh um in my experience i think there are few and far between guys that are actually motivated to do to, to do the job, but there's other guy- there's other units not talking about a and a but like other guys that i know that i've like i, I they're very motivated um I wouldn't mind fighting with them side by side cuz they're you can tell they want to do the job. But for ANA, they're in my opinion mostly lazy. Now there are guys there that are super hard chargers and very motivated, but there's there's a lot of lazy dudes.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, the ANA is that like a do they volunteer or is that like a like a conscription? Um I think it's volunteer. Oh, okay. I honestly don't know. So we'll uh we'll ask one more question here. Uh Taki asked uh biggest weapon you've ever shot. Biggest weapon
1: I've ever shot. Ooh. Uh are we talking about something that I've fired like in my hands or like a like a mounted weapon?
0: I mean I I think I think the the idea is uh is a shoulder fired weapon. I mean obviously you've probably fired M2s quite a bit, right? I mean
1: yeah, I mean M2s, Mark 47s um the I mean I, I guess the biggest weapon I've ever fired, shoulder fired would be the uh eighty-four millimeter Carl Gustav. Because I used to be a, a goose gunner. It's basically the the uh the bazooka of the regiment, for it's, lack it's, of a better term.
0: I thought the Carl Gustav went went out of style.
1: No, no. No, it's they hit- definitely still used. They have they have the new variant, which is the Mark IV or the I guess the army's variant, what they call it, they love to give it a new name, like the um, the Mike Echo Zero One or something like that. Um, that's it's it uses a new uh, targeting system, which is really cool. And I like you can range you can range targets, and then also it just adjusts the uh, laser for you, so you or oh, the nice. dot for you, so you don't have, you just put it on the tank after you've lased it or whatever you're shooting at. But uh, they've just found out that that thing explodes When you stress test it So we don't use it anymore
0: <laughs> That's, the, I mean, you know It's great, it works 9% of the time The other 1% it just explodes, it just kills you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sometimes you yeah. kill the enemy Sometimes you blow up yourself, that's the best
1: Yeah, they don't um, Now that's the new Carl Gustav The old Carl Gustavs are fine, I guess the new one has Some problems that we did have We did have it and we did start using it But I definitely remember a time when we were, we were Shooting a lot of it one time And, uh, like, we were shooting so many rounds that, like, it was shooting a fireball out the back, and dude's arms were catching on fire from it. So, uh, to hear after a while later that uh, it explodes is like, okay, that kind of makes
0: sense. (laughs) We're almost there. That's great. Yeah, right. I mean, you can't have fun in the army unless it's a little dangerous.
1: I mean, it's a super (laughs) – like, the weapon system is great considering the targeting system you use for it now. Or the new one, I mean, like I when they told me that it explodes, I was like, <coughs> "Excuse me." When they tell you that it explodes, I was like, "Okay, what are the odds that?" Because we were about to go shoot, I was like, "What are the odds that it's actually going to explode on us right now?" Because I really like that targeting system.
0: <laughs> let's 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 do a over under on whether we actually get blown up today or we just have a really good time.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Are you? Uh, did you? Do you guys have the two hundred three? Did you still have the two hundred three when you came in, or had it been phased out yet? Yeah?
1: We use the three hundred twenty. What so
0: have you fired the two hundred three?
1: I don't know if I've actually oh, fired okay. the two hundred three, but I have fired. I mean, I fired the three hundred twenty extensively.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I was gonna ask your comparison because I I I was a two hundred three guy, and then uh, the three hundred twenty came around, and I wasn't a fan, so I was looking for some validation. <laughs> did you
1: did you have the three twenty mounted on the bottom of the gun?
0: That's when I hated it. I liked it individually when you when yeah. you pull it off
1: i don't i don't I don't have it mounted on the gun. I usually have it on my hip and I fire it individually
0: yeah that that makes a lot more sense. I mean that was the whole point of it. like the moment I saw it attached to the bottom of the gun, I was like, this is ridiculous yeah, not a fan of it either cool well um I think that's uh that's enough interview for us. I'm going to need to take a minute to get my uh daughter set up with something but um grim if you want to if you want to do you know plug plug your stuff and and talk about where people can uh could find you on the internet maybe anything you got going on right now that uh you'd like to draw attention to
1: uh yeah well i mean for twitch it's what you see on screen bdg x grim uh bdg stands for blue diamond gaming it's just a group of my guys my buddies back home uh it's me which is grim and they got big warps we got uncle joey we got all kinds of guys um just from some of my buddies back home we got my youtube which is blue diamond gaming which is basically blue underscore diamond underscore gaming um we got my twitch which is gosh i have all different kinds of names for everything um mainly because they don't have like all the same or the names are taken but uh, my Twitch, which would be Blue Diamond Game, which is G A M three at the end. Uh, we got Instagram, which is BDG Grim, I believe. The same thing as my Twitch. And yeah, that's so far. Oh, we also, <laughs> my buddy Warps actually just got on TikTok now. So we just got like a Blue Diamond. Uh, TikTok. Oh what?
0: What's what's your ad on TikTok? I'll add you right now. I didn't know that. Uh
1: I think it's I think we got right now it's just at big warps right now. So it's just B I G W A R P Z.
0: Oh my goodness. I hate that TikTok automatically starts playing a video when you go there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So those I think are all of the uh socials we got right now. Um I upload I try to well I mean I try to upload one a week one video a week for YouTube but I mean right now I've been on the hustle grind so I've been uploading one video or one video a day for the past I don't know months now Um, so videos right now daily um, when things when things start getting a little busier in my life they'll probably go down to one video a week and then yeah
0: how do you how do you do that because I'm constantly impressed by your ability to, to push out so much content
1: well I'm in the process of getting out of the military right now so right so I'm not necessarily working with my platoon as much as I would be so that gives me a lot more time um, I've just had a little bit more time on my hands now when I get out and everything and things and you know work and stuff like that then it, I'll, I'll have less time and it'll probably be less videos but right now I have a lot of time so I'm just
0: like grinding them out. So what's your, what's your process that allows you to, to push them out? Do you just watch back the video and say, hey, here's a great chunk. This is the chunk that is the video. What, how is it that you actually, because like for me, when I go through videos, like it takes me a long time because I'm like splicing a bunch of small stuff, but I feel like you usually uh, are able to distill down like a core component of like the action on your video
1: i uh i'm always whenever i'm whenever i'm playing games now i kind of have like this mindset where it's like i'll be playing and like something cool will happen and i'll just like keep a mental chunk in my head i be like that's or mental note like that's that's what i want to put in my video or whatever um so i'll just mentally remember that and i'll be like all right and then i'll go back and edit it and uh I kind of have like a little formula. Like for my ARMA videos, it's I'll start it when the action's about to start, and then I'll end it obviously when we get extracted or something. Um, I have, I, of course, sometimes in my videos I'll put a little hook. So like when the action's high, I'll put like the first ten seconds of the video as that's so kind of hook people in, because um, ARMA, as we know, ARMA sometimes can be kind of slow at first, but then it ramps up obviously very fast. Um, but other than that. Uh, yeah, I just kind of got into a, a, uh, routine and just kind of, yeah, I have a, I have a little bit of a routine right now.
0: (laughs) What, what do you use to edit videos?
1: I use DaVinci
0: Resolve. Okay, cool. Same as me. I mean, it's nice because it's free, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Grim, for, for coming on. That was uh, just a just repeat. Twitch.tv uh, forward slash uh, Bravo Delta Golf X-Ray Golf in, uh, Romeo India Mike. So X Grim on Twitch. Uh, you can find him at Blue underscore Diamond underscore GAM3. Uh, and then on Instagram at uh, BDGX Grim um, as well there. And then apparently TikTok at Big Warps. Um, how, how's Instagram working for you, by the way? I have oh, a hard time with Instagram. Right.
1: I mean, I mean, like I said, I'm still kind of trying to like get into Instagram and like how I'm actually going to start, you know, putting out content on that. Um, I just kind of take like, you know, um, kind of like what you're doing, like what uh cool looking photos and I'll just start posting them.
0: Cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on and, and, you know, chatting with us. Uh, yeah. For those of you guys in chat, we're going to, we're going to pop over here and play a little bit of the uh, Sandstorm in a second uh, for everyone. listening on the podcast. Uh, you know, please uh, give us a like or a thumbs up or what, whatever the variant is on wherever you listen to it. Um, and go ahead and make sure to go give Grim uh, follows on all those platforms and uh, check out his content. It's great. Cool dude. Uh, very physically fit. He's interesting to watch. Very, very good candy for the eyes or oh, something thanks, like man. that. I appreciate <laughs> it. But, uh, but with that, I'm going to take a very short break to get my daughter set up and then, um, and then we'll start playing some games. Thanks for Sweet. everyone's comes out and uh, I'll talk to you in a second. Grim.
1: Sounds good.